Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look at the mail, well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia! So I say to myself, I gotta find this guy. I gotta go up to his office. I gotta put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never gonna get it. It's gonna keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office, and what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? No, Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I decided, oh shit, buddy, I gotta dig a little deeper. There's no Pepe Sylvia. You gotta be kidding me. I got boxes full of Pepe. All right, so I start marching my way down to Carol and HR, and I knock on her door and I say, Carol, Carol, I gotta talk to you about Pepe. And when I open the door, what do I find? There's not a single goddamn desk in that office. There is no Carol in HR. Matt, half the employees in this building have been made up. This office is a goddamn ghost town. Okay, Charlie, I'm gonna have to stop you right there. Not only do all of these people exist, but they have been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, as always, Lars Periwinkle. Hello? How's it going? Are you there? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here physically. Definitely not mentally, uh, but physically. You gotta have to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. None of us are here. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, just to get it out of the way, I'm asking. I'm asking everyone I know. Um, uh, do you know anyone who doesn't have IBS at this point? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know anyone okay. who's doing okay at this point. <laughs> I'm just doing. I'm asking that one specifically, and I know it's a very personal question that I shouldn't be surveying people about. It just. I think we all need to know. We should all. It's a big group meeting us all as a global community should get together and say yes we all have ibs yeah. we're all dealing with it we're, we're, we we just need to to get through something or other maybe we'll have it forever now who knows but it's okay well let me ask you i guess maybe semi related but i feel like i've vacillated back and forth between these two things so which one are you at and have you been also going back and forth between not wanting to eat at all and wanting to eat everything but. Dude, that totally happened. Like, I, like three weeks ago, I had no appetite. Yeah, like none. I was basically like, I was eating the food that my food usually eats. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm good with just some fresh veggies. I'm gonna have some fruit in the morning. I just have no appetite, but I gotta eat something. This past week, I fucking Kirby over here. I'm just yeah. sucking everything in. It's ridiculous. No, I had that last night. Or straight up, like, and again, like, you know, Molly and I have been uh, really trying to quarantine as much as possible. We do not leave our house, like we say. Last yeah. night, I was like, 
And I sincerely, I don't think I've stepped into a 7-Eleven since March. But I was like, I think I'm going to run to 7-Eleven and like get some snacks. Like you want, <laughs> like, we don't awesome. have good snacks in here. So like I like threw on a mask and went to the very full 7-Eleven parking lot at like 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, you got to have, have those snacks, man. What kind yeah. of snacks did you get? Um, I got some of, you know... I, if I can have an old man moment, I was like, I was looking at the <laughs> chips uh, and they had, they now, I don't know if you know this, Lars, they have like, they're like chili Fritos because like, and I saw them and I was like, I'd never had them before, but I was like, man, I really loved barbecue Fritos and these are oh, like yeah. chili Fritos. And I was like, oh, I'll try those. So I got those, obviously got some Reese's. You got to pick up the Reese's. Yeah. Um, okay. And then just some Gatorades from Molly. That was pretty much that was the run. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, put all that stuff together. That's fantastic. That'll yeah. get your IBS right on. Track. Yeah, I know. That's it. so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've definitely had that. I had uh, since now we're in November. I had the thought. I was like, maybe I'll learn how to make a pumpkin pie. Boy, oh boy, these are dark times. I know. These right? are dark times. That's my bread. I know everybody else went crazy with the bread. I'm like, I think I'm gonna learn how to make a pie. I think that's no, what pie, pie is. But well, I don't. I was about to say pie is better than bread. I don't think it is, but I think it's certainly. I think you're afforded a little more creativity when you're making pies as opposed to bread. Yeah. Yep. Because so. you got to get ready for that gobble gobble day. Oh, it's right around the corner. It, it is right <laughs> around the corner. Before you know it, it'll be here. It'll be great. You know, who who's not excited for Thanksgiving this year with all your loved yeah, ones? But, yes. Whoever is the, the whoever's gonna be the new people that um colonize this country after we're done, maybe we can teach them how to grow corn and start yeah. a new Thanksgiving. Well, it's exciting. I mean, think about it. All the things we love about Thanksgiving, getting together with large groups of people. We can definitely do that this year. <laughs> Talking to your family members who don't agree with you politically. Definitely looking forward to that. Like, oh, man, yeah. oh, just yeah. all the staples. You add in football, which is going great, by the way. <laughs> it's just the season's running unaffected and it's just classic <laughs> turkey day. Am I right? <laughs> I'm in this – I got into this damn uh, football pool at work, and I didn't do it last year, and I felt like like I was on the outside because I was basically the only person who didn't do it because, you know, I don't really do much with football anymore. I said, I'm going to – I mean, it's a talking point, and it's hard to find things to talk about with people at work sometimes. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do it. That's fine. What the fuck else am I doing? Um First few weeks, I was doing okay, like middle of the pack. I was doing, you know, out of, what, 15 games, I was doing okay. I was getting 9, 10, 11, 12 one week. I was doing okay. But now, it's like I don't even know who is even playing this week. And then we're skipping, but we're going to play this one on – we're playing this one on Tuesday, but none on Thursday. And then I don't know who's playing and when and who's activated and who's healthy. I have no clue. I got four right last week. Four. Yeah, I, I maybe this is a an LA thing. I don't know, but like I feel like ever since I moved out here, it was it was already difficult anyway because I couldn't, you know, well, like a a combination of things. You know, you and I are from and we grew up outside of the Washington D.C. area, so we um, hate football. That's what yeah, it is. We, we hate football. We hate football. We hate the guy who owns the team that we grew up watching. We mm -hmm. are glad that they gave themselves a placeholder, not racist name, but you know, yeah. like it's. It's not great being a fan of them, and then they don't play the games out here anyway. And I just like, 
I don't know. I, I guess I could get into the Rams, but say that out loud. That sounds like a silly thing to say when you're saying it. it did, you know, it, it did sound. It sounded like a nonsense when it came out of your mouth. Out, yeah, honestly, I will yeah. say, man, this town, sports town. Yeah. Am I right? L.A. Like we just keep winning. We just keep winning. So many fireworks just yeah. being shot oh, over, you know, wooded areas. Just full of really dry trees. We're just shooting those fireworks. Can't oh, yeah, stop winning. Dog loves that shit too, huh? Yeah. Oh, she she can't, can't get enough. She's a big sports fan. She's very excited. Oh about my the, god! You mean Lakers okay. fever? Am I right? She grew up in L.A. though. My dog. So it's different. She grew up in L.A. But yeah, still, had to had to be rooting for Tampa <laughs> in the World Series. Like I just you can't you can't vote for the for the Dodgers. No, uh, no. My only association with the Dodgers is uh, their stadium is where I got COVID tested. So that was fun. What a piece of shit year this is! It really is. But you know what? Look, I got I got a thing. That I want to bring no, up. You know, well, look, oh, go ahead. okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I have a placeholder for later. I'm just gonna write it down. Yeah, don't I forget because this is just. This is a note. I just don't want this to be too far into the show. I want. I was gonna top of the show, and then we we went on a thing, and I loved it. It was great. But I just. I don't want to lose this because I just got this email, and I'm sharing it with you now for the first time. Uh, but I. I just. I'm just going to read it and then uh, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit. But this is an email I just got. Hello, how's it going? Hope all is well. I have some cool information that might interest you. Your podcast, Hobo Radio, a pop culture podcast, had good performance in some rankings last 30 days. And then there's a bullet point and it says, position 249 in the category society and culture, parentheses, Kenya. This data is provided by podstatus.com. Happy podcasting. Carlos from Pod Status. So there you go, Lars. The day has finally come. We're number 249 in Kenya. This is what we've been working for <laughs> since 2008 when we what launched the- this podcast. We always said, I think we can crack the top 250 in Kenya if we keep talking about Batman and just pop culture. We can. T- I just look. I want to say two things sincerely. One, that's awesome. I'm super happy about that. That is really, really great. Do you and, know how hard it is to break the Kenya market? And two, if you are from Kenya and you listen to this show, I beg you to email us because I just want to know how you found it, what you're thinking. Also, what what do you want us to talk about? Like, is there is there a way we can cater to this market more now that we're in the top 250? I want to break top 100 in Kenya. I think we can do it. I think we can. And listen, um, good good people of Kenya, I, write to us. I promise, I promise that we will read whatever you write on mm-hmm. the air. Mm-hmm. We will read it. We will respond to you, and and we will be kind because we we love you. We've all we've never said it on the show. But we love Kenya, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah. been a through line. I think if you go back and listen to every episode, it's there. Like, we might not say it. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, our parents, like, they're from that generation. They might not have said that they love us, but you got that impression if you listened sometimes. You knew it. It, yeah. was one of the, it was one of those things. They just yeah. said it every once in a while, but you always felt it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, hey, Kenya. That's great news. Shout yeah. out, Kenya. What's up? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, love it. Love it. Um, 
Yeah. So, and also, whatever that, who did I say that was from? Uh, Carlos. Pod, Carlos at Pod Status. Please keep sending me these emails. These are great. Like, I don't. Shout out to Carlos. Shout out to Kenya. Oh, boy. Oh, we're making all sorts of new friends. Yeah. I take back what I said before. 2020 isn't so fucking shitty anymore. Yeah. Also, do you want to take back the fact that you said all Carloses are terrible? I would never say, you know, I was talking about one specific Carlos. <laughs> yeah. You said they don't know anything about trivia. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, but I miss Carl. I haven't, I haven't laid eyes on that beautiful angel face in many months. I miss him. Oh man. All right. Uh. <laughs> he actually sent me a, if we get, so, like we're, oh. so just for context, we're, we're recording this, the, um, um, the Friday after the elections. And Carlos actually sent me um sent me a text today that said, uh, I hear Georgia is a battleground attached to a picture of William Tecumseh Sherman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which historical burn, Georgia. <laughs> that is your friend that you do trivia with for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Can I look? So we're not gonna talk about the politics. The politics. No. Uh but I wanna say this, uh, because uh, since we've kind of danced around it a little bit, you and I are from the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, we grew up fans of sports. We grew up fans of professional wrestling. Uh, so we have had a, you know, long and storied relationship with the city of Philadelphia. And I just want to say <laughs> I love everything that is happening this week when uh you know like people who are not from philadelphia who uh are very fired up that their political candidate is not doing as well as they think they should who are like we're gonna go to philadelphia and we're gonna tell them how it's gonna be like buddies like what do yeah. you guys do not understand what you're saying <laughs> like, i i just wouldn't yeah you guys i just wouldn't <laughs> i saw there was a video of people uh who were like the counter protest to the protesters that were just people from philly who took to the street this week i saw it on twitter there was a gritty and multiple people dressed as mailboxes and they were all dancing in the street <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> like oh you're out you're out gunned other places yeah. that aren't philadelphia <laughs> like figuratively and literally i'm sure yeah but this is i mean like look it's always sunny in philadelphia is a documentary like that's that's uh-huh. uh but no well, sorry I, I gotta tell them in a language that they'll understand <clears throat> use in over your head <laughs> I also I like I do want to share this because this really cracked me up. Uh, it was a guy. Uh, his Twitter name is woke but petty, and it's uh, <laughs> at Mark for Mark. Uh, but he tweeted, "I would not fight the sweetest school teacher in Philly. Wouldn't scrap with the most gentle librarian. They all do like six hours of MMA a night, and will light a dumpster on fire and throw you in it. Whew! The ass beating the universe is lining up." My stars. <laughs> My stars. And then, like, he also, in the comments responding to someone else, he later said, you put a city of cannibals on notice. Jesus. Like, yeah. It, it's honestly the hardest I laughed was imagining, like, guys in bow ties and suits 
driving north to Philadelphia <laughs> to try to like upset the people to try to swing an election. And it's it's so funny to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. You gotta some people don't understand where they live. Yeah. Well, it also it cracked me up too because have you seen the lieutenant governor of Philadelphia or of uh no. yeah, like uh what is his you know, I we're a professional show. Sorry, Kenya, but uh um like what is the guy's name, the lieutenant governor? Um but he he straight up looks like um, you know, he has that like stone cold Steve Austin, like Bill Goldberg. I am a very oh, muscular sure. guy with a shaved head and a goatee, like the exact guy that you think would get elected. Yeah. <laughs> like the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. His name is John Fetterman. Oh, OK. Uh, but yeah. So like one of the guys who wears a bow tie and is some nerdy like political operative said that he was going to drive to Philadelphia and uh, I saw that like someone made a joke uh, like they put they tweeted a photo of John Fetterman and they just said like and the photo of the guy that was going to go there. And they like were joking about how funny it was just optically the two of them and John Fetterman, lieutenant governor of Philadelphia, retweeted it with a gif of the big show choke slamming two people and said that that was footage <laughs> from Philadelphia. Like, of the guy showing up like it just i love the because any other like state you might be like oh i don't know if the lieutenant governor should be but like that's only going to help his polling numbers in the state (laughs) anyway so that was our that was our politics for today yeah well you know what there was there was one more thing i wanted to touch on because it's it's weird when you and I have talked on this show off and on about how much we, when we talk about so much about how, how we don't like someone yet they stay popular. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. They have, they have some sort of weird cult following. People will not let it go. And then, um, no, here it is 2020. And it looks like we are in danger of uh, this person just sticking around way longer than they actually should, if they should have even been there in the first place. I'm talking, of course, about Boba Fett. Now, here's the thing about <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> is that he's a joke. He's a punchline. But weird cult following behind this guy that I think I was guilty of being a part of before I became a goddamned adult. And learn, learn how to properly analyze character. And you think you're done with the guy. You think it's over. No. Yeah. So let's, okay. This is so, um, I guess, you know, just going to warn you. I assume that if you're a fan of this show, you've already watched episode one of The Mandalorian. Don't worry. We haven't seen episode two yet. So we can't spoil that for you. But we did watch the season two premiere of The Mandalorian. And so we are going to, like, talk about... uh, that a little bit so but yeah so now with that out of the way uh basically yeah this guy so you you know we've talked about this many times on the show 
obviously we're both uh humans so we both like star wars but you definitely <laughs> uh are the, the 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 star wars aficionado like i'm the casual star wars fan where i've seen seen all the movies i like star wars i i know the star wars that has been presented in front of me on screens uh were you dug a little deeper you've read novels you've you you know the larger uh universe of star wars i, I, was, I yeah. dug a little deeper i dug yeah. a little deeper yeah you have more so i remember like you and i have talked about this this boba fett guy uh who was to recap he had cool armor in yep. uh the original trilogy he was a completely irrelevant character uh but george lucas who you can quibble with a lot that George Lucas did, but the thing that he did that was brilliant is get the merchandising rights for Star Wars. And yes. So along with that, he had to write text on the back of toys. And so uh -huh. he named all these characters and he invented uh -huh. backstories for them. And then he sold those toys. And so Boba Fett is a case of a guy that looked really cool, who is completely irrelevant to that original trilogy, who the only thing noteworthy and interesting that he did in those original movies was die in the most slapstick Bugs Bunny way possible. Like he slipped on a banana peel and yep. then, like, it was, like, some straight-up, like, Zucker Brothers level, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, death, where, you know, like, just the end of Naked Gun, where he was, Boba Fett, I think, in the end, was trampled by a marching band. Uh, <laughs> but he's nothing, but he was really popular because people bought the toy, and they played with the toy, and they liked him. So then, Lucas, when he made the prequels, tried to work with that and he made up Django Fett and then he made him be the guy that made all the clones from the Clone War which oh boy man nothing sounded cooler in my mind as a kid and then turned out to be nothing than the idea turned of Clone Wars to be nothing and as you know you touched on the <clears throat> the merchandise there and the um the original uh Boba Fett toy was actually never put into production but they made uh prototypes you get your hands on one of those prototypes and you're, you have one of the most valuable toys ever made in your hand. And if it has the, the, he had a missile in his, uh, jetpack there that fired upward. And, um, uh, that's the reason why they didn't put it into mass production was because it was a pretty severe choking hazard. Yes, you heard that correctly. The toy of Boba Fett, more dangerous than the actual Boba Fett. And, uh, <laughs> Also, um, you want to talk actually, about Boba Fett and choking. Okay. Oh, Jesus. I was if you look at him on that barge at Jabba's Palace, that's a, <laughs> that's a choking hazard. That is a choking hazard. That was good. Um, but you. yeah, I actually, I saw that sell at a, um, oh, not with my own eyes. I saw footage of that toy selling at a, um, at a toy convention for um, over $16,000, this fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. That indignant face you just made is is correct. That is weird. But hey, collectors, man. Yeah. Um but yeah, he yeah, it like it is. It's it's the armor. It was a cool Honestly, the, the only thing we ever saw him do correctly was hide in garbage and follow the Millennium Falcon out of it. And that was basically it. Yeah. Yeah, he was on par with the guy who looked like a lizard. 
and uh, uh-huh. who also I'm trying to remember who else was in the bounty hunter gang that I mean obviously Greedo uh, but then there was like lizard face you know what's funny uh-huh. is I just had a in my geriatric nerd brain Pont oh man I cannot remember lizard man's name because uh-huh. every time I go to say it I instead say Ponfar, which is the the Vulcan mating ritual. <laughs> <laughs> You're too, your brain is too old and too nerdy that it has conflicting weird nonsense terms. <laughs> like, Jesus. Uh, but anyway, so all of that to say that uh, you and I have have long never really understood Boba Fett. I I brought up the your history with like the ex- like knowledge of the extended universe stuff because I believe it was you who had told me that apparently there were in novels that were since uh, thrown out of the canon when uh, Disney bought uh, Lucas Films. But I, I guess that there were stories where Boba Fett had escaped from the Sarlacc pit and then like I don't know, presumably was continued to live years being bad at his job uh yeah yeah it's really it's a beloved character that um that people wanted to hear more about and look yes he did comically get get shot in no not even get shot he comically was fell into the sarlacc pit but he fell into the sarlacc pit with mandalorian armor on so he has a jetpack and weapons and explosives all over his armor so it's not too difficult to imagine how he got out of the sarlacc yeah which is a horrible horrible way to die if you even die i won't describe it for you what happens in a sarlacc pit but it is awful it sounds like hell. Well, also, it's so, not difficult to imagine him getting out based on the armor that he was wearing. It is difficult to imagine him getting out because of how terrible he is at his job. So, like, you imagine- just fly down farther <laughs> yeah. into there. He gets maybe. more swallowed somehow. More swallowed. <laughs> I just want to oh, point out that a guy who couldn't see, who was just shouting, randomly shot like a blaster that ended up like sealing his fate. Yeah. <laughs> It's stupid, but yeah. I'll tell you what it's, we should, I should have seen this coming at the beginning of this episode. I, I just didn't, the one thing that I forgot was the, and I forget the actor's name, but the one who plays all the clones. Oh, and, um, yeah. oh what is that guy? Yeah. I do actually like that guy. Everything else he's aside. Great. Yeah. He's great. Um, he is a Kiwi. So mm-hmm. of course. Of course, they're going to find a way to run, to write Boba Fett into this because, um, because Taika Watiti takes care of his fellow Kiwis. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. But he yeah. will get you paid. Who are you? Sam Neill? Here, you get paid. Come on, brother. <laughs> Need some work? Uh, Tamara Morrison. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, all of that to now get to this episode, which we obviously we've talked a lot about the Mandalorian. Uh, you know, it's, it's a great show. We've really enjoyed it. I've, I think I've said on this show and maybe you have too, that like, we've been kind of apprehensive going into this season just because I think a lot of the success of season one of that show was that 
uh, the powers that be at Disney were too busy ruining the movie franchise to yes, like indeed. even be bothered to slap Baby Yoda in on any kind of like t-shirts or anything. They were uh-huh. they were so unaware of what was happening on season one of The Mandalorian, which was just a thing that's gonna be on our streaming service to have some content, I guess. Because they uh, don't they don't know what they have or what to do with it. It's so yeah. dumb. But John so they, Roderick wrote a parody song about people searching the internet for baby Yoda merchandise and coming up short. That's what a punchline that that you guys are for not knowing what you have. Well, yeah, and it came out like around this time last year, which, you know, Mm -hmm. is teed up right in time for Christmas when everyone was like, I love this show. It's great. Oh, my God, baby Yoda. And it was like, well, you can maybe get some baby Yoda merchandise next summer. (laughs) Just... But anyway, so now they have no movies in the pipeline. They're really struggling. They also don't really have any other original shows on Disney Plus. So this show is the thing. Like, it's the thing. It got nominated for Emmys, like, bizarrely. But, like, uh, it's a very popular show. So, like, I've been kind of a little concerned about what that means for season two. Now that, like, the people who were, uh, you know, not watching last year now have a vested interest in this succeeding when them having a vested interest in things succeeding seems to be the worst thing to happen to star wars like that's when the bad decisions seem to happen but uh all of that to say so you know i watched the episode i like this show a lot you know and i i will say that like as someone who's like i guess a casual star wars fan i didn't know i i remember asking you questions about i didn't even realize until you told me, and maybe other people listening to this don't know that, that, like, Boba Fett was not a Mandalorian. He just stole Mandalorian armor. Yeah, that's right. And so he's just some punk who's, like, you know, wearing stolen armor. Uh, but basically, like, uh, the, you know, the the Mandalorians, like, I, I didn't have any kind of preconceived uh, thing because I didn't care about Boba Fett, but I like the show. I like the mythology. I'm like, this guy's cool. Like, you know, uh, Pedro Pascal obviously is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the stuntmen who often <laughs> are in the suit instead of yes, Pedro indeed. Pascal are also great. Uh, but, uh, like, I really enjoyed this show. And so, you know, I watched this episode. Uh, I, you know, didn't think about. Boba, Fett. I've never thought about Boba Fett once while watching the show. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, that's probably not true, but you know what I mean. Like, he's not like in the forefront of my mind while watching the show for sure. Uh, so, like, I, I sincerely, I was probably slower than anyone. I'm curious when it hits you, but like, you know, I was watching the episode and they go back to to Tatooine and uh, we see Amy Sedaris again, which I'm always happy about. Yeah, uh, and we're doing treat. the episode and he's looking for a Mandalorian and at that point it's still nothing clicked in my brain when he's like I'm gonna go there to find a Mandalorian and I was like oh that's interesting okay let's see what happens and then uh, obviously the best thing ever happened which uh-huh. is that uh, the you know the sheriff shows up and it's Timothy Oliphant and yep. you know the <clears throat> words sheriff and Timothy Oliphant will always make me happy in any context yes, um or Marshall. And I actually I think it was Marshall. I know what, yeah. I never, I never saw uh, Deadwood, mm-hmm. but the um, the man playing the bartender in The Mandalorian was the same guy who played the bartender in Deadwood. Oh, was it? that didn't even click in my brain. I watched Deadwood, yeah. and I I didn't make that connection, but that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a pair. Of those two play is a semi fictional 
Western sheriff and barkeep together. But just like great pitch, uh, you know, great. Like, but so I imagine that that scene was structured so that people might have thought that it was going to be Boba Fett and then it was kind of a bait and switch. I don't know if that's what you thought, but I didn't because I wasn't thinking of Boba Fett at all. Uh huh. Like going into that scene. And then eventually, like, so my, I'll, I'll just walk you through. This is my thoughts. It's like, holy shit, it's Timothy Oliphant. This is great. And then, like, wait a second. Why is that armor? Hold on. Oh, oh, that's Boba. You know what? Boba Fett did die. Like, it, but it was like that long. Like, I saw him wearing the armor that is very distinctly painted, and it was still uh-huh. a couple of minutes probably uh, before it, like, <laughs> played through in my I was way behind the curve because I do not care yeah I wish I cared but you don't want to tell you don't want to tell your enemies that they're often on your mind so did you but expect man, like when they said the marshal or whatever did you just expect it to be Boba Fett no no but every time he uh, the Mandalorian has found himself on Tatooine I thought it was a possibility. Um, and the armor, it just, the armor, like you said, is so distinct. I knew, I didn't think it was going to be Boba Fett and it turned out not to be, but I knew that was his armor. And the thing is, is that I thought that was going to be the end of it because how good can one episode of television be? So already we have Amy Sedaris is now a reoccurring role, which is great. And who's, who mm-hmm. works for Amy Sedaris, but R5D4, whom we haven't seen since 1977, and, and Uncle Owen didn't want to buy him because he was mm-hmm. busted. But there he is, still working on Tatooine. So God bless you, R5. Um, I read a, I read a book about him once. It was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, and then who's behind that mask? I said I know that voice. That is an uh, a mischievous impish voice that I find very recognizable and there's Tim Oliphant. Holy crap. Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the armor and then the crate dragon. And this is what, this is what we were talking about when somewhere along the lines, I forget who said it, but someone in charge over there said not a lot of source source material for this story. You know, I don't know what we're going to do. Not there's not enough source material. And it's so dumb because Look at what they drew through for one episode of television. They drew from a Chuck Mandig novel that introduced the character that Tim Oliphant played. Um, they were trying to kill a crate dragon, which I, I know from the first Knights of the Old Republic game because you had a mission where you had to kill a crate dragon and get the, the pearl from it. Um, you had, you had, a uh, 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 episode four from 77. You had Return of the Jedi from 83. Like, what, what more, what more could you put in there? You know what I mean? Not, not to mention, um, they, they, men- they mentioned Most Espos, which is from, um, uh, episode one and R5 was there. And the, he's taking all the source material and making good new original stories out of it, which is, I thought the point of owning Star Wars, but they missed it, you know, right. with, with two movies out of the three. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, by the way, if you guys are taking notes of things that I want to see that were introduced on Tatooine, uh, if you put a another hut in a pup, like get a puppet hut 
I, I'm there for it. I know Job is dead mm-hmm. in this reality, but I know there are other huts. You want to put like because that that to me, in the same way that I'm very excited that that Baby Yoda is a puppet. Like if we can get someone in a suit operating the very lethargic, you know, <laughs> Return of the Jedi, <laughs> Job of the Hut, and not the <laughs> one that they CGI'd into the the restored oh, versions of oh, A New Hope oh, that is terrible. Like I just I miss sleepy, like barely moving Jabba. He was great. Yes, indeed. He was great. And yeah. Um what was the other thing? Oh, you know what? So they go to the the cave of the Crate Dragon and you hear you hear its roar and the sound it made ignited something in my lizard brain. Nope. Pun intended, I suppose. <laughs> Ignited something on Lizard Brain said, I know that noise. What is that noise? And it made it a couple more times. And what it is is the sound that Obi-Wan produced to scare away the sand people so he could rescue Luke in oh, 1977. Oh wow, I didn't even make that connection, but that's good. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. Because I had to, like the, the I think the third or fourth time I heard it, I'm like, I that's that's what it is. That's really good. Now, why why that worked with just, you know, Alec Guinness with his hood on going, and making a, the noise, I don't know, but it worked on the sand people. He's a professional. He is. He, he's, also, he's so method. I'm a crate dragon. Uh, by the way, I do love, too, that just like on a cool, like, uh, inclusivity kind of note that I like that the sand people are using uh, sign language and that they actually apparently hired uh, a deaf actor to help develop the sign language that the sand people are using, which I think well, is did nice. They really? That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. Like, that's a nice. And I like that's one of the things I do like about the way they present the Mandalorian is like that he has this ability to communicate with people like as a bounty hunter he actually can talk to everybody instead of like you know like there's a lot in star wars of just people who have never bothered to learn how to communicate with their neighbors you know that's true yeah and when um when oliphant's character says i've lived on tatooine my whole life i thought oh so that's a that's a tatooine accent yeah well, you I know, guess that's the only person I've ever heard say that I grew up on Tatooine, and I guess that's the accent. Yeah, no, he's from Tatooine. Uh, Bill Burr is from Space Boston. Um, these uh-huh. are the accents that, Space like, Boston. <laughs> I wasn't a star trooper. <laughs> it used to be that everyone was British, but apparently that might just be more of like an Alderaan accent. Is just you sound vaguely British, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, the um. Um, the, the, the miners, I forget what they're called. Uh, I forget how they're referred to, but the miners that came in and took over that town after the empire left, um, they showed up in another story I read and they're, they're just this group of people who basically will show up en masse to an unprotected town and basically enslave everyone there to work in the mines with them, um, uh, in order to turn a profit. I forget what they're called. Um, but yeah, either way, that's also in a story. You see, it's just, there's so much. I don't understand why, why everyone's busting their ass to write shitty stories when it's all right there. All you have to do is combine them to some kind of cohesive plot with your original characters and boom, there it is. And that, that, a lot of that I think is, uh, the guy, I think his name is Dave Filoni, right? Like the, um, yes, where right. he is the guy who was responsible for the Clone Wars, uh, cartoon. And then, uh, that's sort of how he and John Favreau, I think, became friends with each other because Favreau did some stuff for okay. Clone Wars. And then, like, it seems like he is the guy who has, like, the encyclopedic knowledge of all things. 
mm-hmm. like Star Wars and just like seems like a resource that whenever they like any planets that they go to, anything they drop that he he is the guy that I think is sprinkling all everything that you just mentioned in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And John Favreau has that uncanny ability of like <clears throat> looking at a property as a piece of fugu and he can cut out the bad bits and leave what everybody wants yeah. and then give that to him. It's it's interesting. Anyways, I'm, I'm Which he'd so be flattered. Far, <clears throat> by the way, cross. I was just going to say, everything that I know about John Favreau would suggest he'd be very flattered that you used a food analogy to describe his brilliance. Because I watched The Chef Show. That stuff's great. Like, that dude yeah. <laughs> would be so he flattered. Like, he likes that- food. <laughs> Yeah. No, I I realized at some point that John Favreau might actually have my dream career where like he just befriended yeah. Roy Choi. <laughs> they just like go hang out with chefs and eat really awesome food and then he makes Star Wars and Marvel movies. Like that guy won life. He figured it out. But yeah, uh, yeah, that that's that's the truth. And that's the first thing I would do is if I if I gained any sort of su- success at all in any field and and uh, got a little bit of money. The first thing I do is figure out how to turn that money into delicious food that I've never eaten. Yeah. Well, and I love it because like he befriended Roy Choi by making the movie chef, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and was like, well, you know, if I'm going to play a chef, I have to hire like this really cool, uh, uh-huh. you know, L.A. chef to teach me how to do it. How else would I learn? <laughs> oh, we're friends now. You know what? Hey, Netflix, what if you buy a show where we just hang out and, and make food and then eat food with other people who make food? That's a show, pay me, right? Pay, pay me to do exactly what I would be doing <laughs> if you weren't paying me. Yeah, which also, man, I will say that like Kogi is legit. I I love me the Kogi truck. The the times that I've had it, so also brilliant. Uh, like the guy that you picked, very well done. A plus. <laughs> the man makes good choices. Is what we're saying. Yep, uh, and he's a guy who did movies with Vince Vaughn. So like. <laughs> But makes good choices now. He makes good choices now. <laughs> he was in PCU with Jeremy Piven, but he makes good choices now. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I guess to to put a button on the the Mandalorian thing that yeah, like I'm still optimistic about the show. I still really love the show. I think the people in charge are good. I just hope they don't shoehorn too much in. I'm curious where they're going. Uh, you know, obviously with the reveal at the end, like I, I seriously doubt you hired him to just be in one shot. Like I, I imagine there's a future episode where uh, Boba Fett, uh, you know, wearing the barrel with straps that he was wearing at the end or whatever. He's, he's now yeah. naked. Uh, well, but he, where he um, probably. Sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of unanswered questions. No, nope. I think Boba, the Boba Fett's reveal. And I don't think. I don't know. I have to collaborate with with um uh, with my partner here, folks. But um, I don't think we're going to be doing like weekly recaps. But no, I think no, it was no, definitely no. news <laughs> to this to this show. I just collaborated. He said, "No, you guys, yeah. so don't worry about it." <laughs> it's um, an exclusive. There, there you go. Like, <laughs> as much as we've talked about on the show, the return to Boba Fett and the potential to redeem this character out of the 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 pits of the uh, uh the 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 punchline dumpster that he's been sitting in for nigh on these, these almost 40 years. I think it's interesting to see what they might do with it, but yeah, you're right. It's a, and this, the show takes its time. I think he's kind of, he's Chekhov's gun right now where it's been introduced. 
but this gun isn't going off until the third act. I, I don't, I don't expect this is going to be a, a season full of Boba Fett for fuck's sakes. I hope not. <laughs> but Jesus. I don't know. Maybe these are the guys to finally do something interesting with Boba Fett where I'll be like, oh, I kind of understand it now. They made me like Anakin yeah, and I didn't think that was it, possible. No one's doing it. <laughs> oh, gee, they made yeah. you like Anakin. <laughs> in the Clone Wars cartoon, I like Anakin. So Yeah, you're right. Anakin's pretty decent in the Clone Wars. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I also will say just one more uh, update about this show that I thought was charming that I think you'll appreciate is... Uh, so, you know, I watched last season uh, by myself. You know, it's not really Molly's thing. Uh, but I was watching the new episode and Molly, like, came into the room. And so, obviously, she lives in the world. She's aware of uh, who Baby Yoda is and what he looks like. But he cooed. Like, you know, he made his, like, Baby Yoda noises. And her sure. face lit up and she smiled and she was like, I didn't know it made noise. Like, she was so... <laughs> excited <laughs> that baby yoda makes baby noises so you can you cannot resist <laughs> no it's like it's really funny just to watch him and be like how did they not know that this was gonna just be like that we would all just throw money at it oh goddamn morons yeah. I, I, I sent you the picture i'm on my second grow right now on that baby yoda chia pet yeah <laughs> I, I sent it I, I joking, not joking, half jokingly sent it to um to a text text chain that I'm on with um with my good friends, and um one responded awesome, the other responded just went on eBay and bought it immediately. <laughs> like it's just it's just you cannot you cannot resist. We are we are forty ish year old men who are very excited by the cuteness of this Star Wars character. Oh, next to me on this desk right now is my uh baby Yoda Funko Pop that drinks the broth. Like it's it's right it here. Drinks the broth. Yeah. Come on, lay it on me. There I it is. Use it. Look. look at this. Oh my god. Head. Yeah. Oh look at the little bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> God bless you, Baby Yoda. Yeah, no, Baby Yoda's the best. I also, I did actually end up re-watching season one uh, in preparation for season two. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think, I don't know why, like this time watching it through, just hearing Werner Herzog go, I would like to see the baby, might be the single greatest moment in all of season one. That is great. <laughs> It's I wonder if I can put a like a motion sensor on my tombstone to where if someone walks past it'll say that. It, it's a it's a toss up between that and Carl Weathers saying asking Baby Yoda to do the magic hands. It's definitely one of those two moments for sure. Oh man. <laughs> also, that reminds me. Never mind, I'm going to write this down so I don't forget. Excited to be a crazy old man. <laughs> awesome that's going to be fantastic mm -hmm. no it's great i by the way the thing that i'm resisting is i saw there was like a 60 dollars animatronic baby yoda that like moves around oh, and stuff on. i yeah. gotta write something down real yeah, quick. yeah there you 60. go yeah find that one i think it's uh once it's like hasbro or something i saw a video of it that yeah it like moves around and makes noises and stuff hey we only have a few minutes left on the show and uh i think we just found a, a segue with crazy old men oh to uh, talk about uh, the, the passing of a great one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, certainly um, a, a complicated figure, but um, definitely an iconic one 
Um, but yeah, no, we, it was really funny because you brought this up to me when we were talking before we started recording about like, yeah, do we want to talk about Sean Connery? And I was like, oh God, that happened since the last time we recorded because, you know, every day feels like a thousand years these days. Yes, so. but also seven seconds somehow. Yeah, so. no, it's, but yeah, so Sean Connery mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, like I don't, I don't want to just... Uh, not pretend like he didn't say some stuff that wasn't great and do some stuff that wasn't great. Um, but definitely an iconic actor. Um, definitely a, you know, probably, probably the, you know, consensus pick for the best James Bond, I would guess. Like, oh, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who else would be a goddamn contender. Um, was was La- Lasby <laughs> like George <laughs> George Lazenby? Yeah, George Lazenby, right? He's the he's, guy who the guy the Australian man who did one movie. He was pretty good, actually. That's yeah. not that's an he's an underrated Bond, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know, honestly, you know, I don't know, I, not to go into a whole James Bond thing, but uh, yeah, I I kind of like Roger Moore. Like, I that, his movies aren't good, but I like his performance. Yeah, yeah. Roger Moore played it a little. Um, he 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 played as a. He relied more on comedy. He played more of the I'm uh, I'm a rascal. Yeah, no, know? for sure. Uh, but no, uh, Connery. Um, you know, it, it's funny because in my mind, uh, you know, not to talk about the other show that I do, but you know, we uh-huh. recently, uh, not maybe not that recently at this point, but we did the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, mm-hmm. which was Connery's last role. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was kind of the movie that like made him quit acting because, uh, he had, if I remember correctly, he had passed on the matrix, um, yes. because he didn't, un- the matrix, the second one, uh, revolutions, he was supposed to play mm-hmm. and it makes total sense when you think about it. He was supposed to play like the architect at the end of that yeah. movie, uh, yeah. but he didn't understand it. So he passed on it. And then I think he passed on like lord of the rings or something like there was like another on lord of the rings yeah it was lord of the rings right like so he passed on those two franchises and was like i don't know these don't make any sense to me and then league of extraordinary gentlemen came along and he was like well uh, definitely this because they're like i've already missed two blockbusters so i better get Uh on this train (laughs) and like you know that movie's terrible and apparently he got in a fist fight with the director on the set of that movie Yeah, because he kept wanting to make changes you know the guy who just admitted that he doesn't know what the hell is going on with movies these days (laughs) had very strong opinions strong opinions on how this movie should be made yeah so apparently he got in a fist fight with the director he retired after that uh yeah so i mean i don't know that's kind of like fresh in my mind with connery um but, you know, also, he was in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is a beloved movie from my childhood. So, Beloved. He's in so many beloved movies from my from my childhood. You know, I watch these damn James, James Bond movies, but also uh, uh, Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, oh, also, by the way, his first, his first James Bond movie, the first James Bond movie that counts – uh, Dr. No, he's wearing a hairpiece in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind when you rewatch any movie with Sean Connery in it. He has always had a hairpiece. Yeah. Except, except The Last Crusade. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's the man's hairline. Yeah. And he looked great in that movie. Yeah. I thought he was very sexy. Yeah. Very sexy I mean, indeed. He, he and India are having sex with the, the same ladies in that movie. The Eskimo Brothers. <laughs> We named the dog Indiana. 
<laughs> um, yeah, he also played a Spaniard in Highlander, which is a great movie. No, he's Egyptian. Or Egyptian, yeah. What is it? Yeah. I knew he was like, yeah, his his ethnicity in that movie is ridiculous. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's supposed to be like a thousand years old, so he was Egyptian, but then he's presenting himself as someone, uh, as a man from Spain. Mm-hmm. But he's actually a Scotsman, but the Scotsman is played by the guy from France. Yeah. It's a mess. Look, I yeah. guess if you live long enough, your accent just becomes ridiculous and not from where you're from. That's how yes. it works. Yes. Hey, uh, both Lambert and Connery should be thankful that Clancy Brown swooped in and saved that goddamn movie. Yeah. I think that's what's funny is that, like, you know, that, that movie spawned sequels and it spawned a TV series. And I think it was because, yeah, that 100 percent. Uh, he came in there, played the Kurgan, and made people go like, oh, this could be good. It's not, but, like, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was basically um, <clears throat> Clancy Brown and Queen made that movie super watchable yeah. and a lot of fun. But, Hello, pretty, pretty. <laughs> no, the it's end of that movie great. is great. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, Connery... Uh, also, impossible not to picture him now without thinking of uh, all of the Celebrity Jeopardy <laughs> impressions of Connery. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, all, all the things that – all you guys listening, every one of those things that went through your head, we could quote them right now, but they're all in our head right now. Do we have to say famous titties? Probably not. <laughs> An a- anal bum cover? We don't need to say that. You just thought it in your head. It's yeah. fine. The penis, my dear. <laughs> Suck at Trebek. You got it. It's all in there. It's it's hilarious, and it doesn't happen without without Sean Connery. Yep, and without and, Norm Macdonald and, and next Darryl to him. Hammond, but <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah. Um, also, hey, uh, you know, uh, it's an underrated movie. I love The Dark Knight Rises. We certainly wouldn't have gotten that Bane voice if he wasn't doing a bad Sean Connery impression. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm Gotham's Reckoning. I was I was born in the darkness. <laughs> so what is, yeah, if you were, if I forced you to pick, uh, if you could only show, if someone, you were trying to explain who Sean Connery was to someone and you only got one movie to, to like show them, what would you pick? Oh boy. Holy yeah. crap. I, I know, right? He's on the that. spot. Yeah. That's a long career. Well, it wouldn't be a James Bond movie. No. No. I would probably say The Untouchables. Oh, that's And I good. know that's yeah. kind of an obvious one because that's where he won his Academy Award. But I think he is – it's he's super Sean Connery for for a few reasons. But he's wearing the old-timey clothes. And actually, um, what's his name? Um, Armani actually did all the costuming for that movie. That's why everyone looks on point all of the time. So he looks great in his old-timey-looking – fancy clothes um he's got his iconic mustache i believe he's rocking his real hairline in that one and he is not playing someone who's scottish he's playing he's playing someone who everyone in the movie can recognize as an irishman the minute they light eyes on him but that's not explained to us at all he does not sound irish no no (laughs) he like yeah i I don't know why everyone's just like that dude's irish (laughs) I do miss, like, man, there was really a golden age of, of cinema in, like, the, the 90s or so where just uh, people that had very pronounced accents like him and Arnold Schwarzenegger just got to play 
characters that were not from anywhere remotely what they sounded like. And we just were all like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's either I accept that or I get up and walk out of this movie. So here I am still. Gordy Brewer. Yeah, you're Canadian. Sure. Yeah, definitely. No, you're totally. Wait, the, I'm a firefighter named Gordy Brewer. <laughs> yes, you are named Gordy Brewer. Also in Untouchables was um, uh, one one of the many times uh, someone who is someone, a character who is very Italian is played by Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. I don't know if Andy Garcia is Italian or not, but when I hear the name Andy Garcia, I don't think, oh, yes, Italian. He's also, he's played a lot of Italians, hasn't he? I'm pretty sure. A bunch. Yeah, I think a that's bunch. like what he keeps getting cast as. What's that? It's probably, I, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's weird. I don't know. Tony Shalhoub gets cast as a lot of Italians too, and he's Lebanese, so I don't know. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was a. Yeah, we say it's a, it, they say the '90s was a weird time, but that's always going to be the case. Yeah. Also, you, oh, because you can't even say, oh, this guy looks not white, so he gets not white characters, and they're all over the place. It's like even white people is just, yeah, you're Irish. What? I not I'm I'm not I I'm I'm Eastern European. I just have red hair. Wow, to toy to toy is all I hear, man. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. That just, like, always makes me think of, um, I think her name was Lisa Lackey. Yeah, the there was a um, an actor that I interviewed who she was on um, the Heroes, the NBC show. Um, sure. And she was Australian. And she, <laughs> I remember her telling me that she refused to audition for Australian characters. She only played American characters in America because she got cast as an Australian and, uh, she talked the way that she talks, being from Australia. Uh -huh. And they were like, no, can you sound more Australian? And it was like, I, I really can't. I, this is how, but they wanted her to be like an Outback Steakhouse commercial. They were like, you know, sound, you know, Australian. Like, like Crocodile Dundee, you know, an Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So she straight up was just like, I just play Americans now. Like, Yeah, good call. So stupid. Also, you didn't ask, but I would show The Rock. Obviously, that's is the pinnacle of Sean Connery's career. That was a uh, that was on the list. I didn't I didn't pick it because he had that crew cut. Yeah, it was I just don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good example of him, only because he doesn't he doesn't get to chew on any scenery because it's all been sucked in by Nicolas Cage's fat face. You know what? You're right. Instead, it's I'm going to pick the one where he says, "You're the man now, dog." That's the one. <laughs> Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I don't even know what movie that is. I just, I know that line. That line is more iconic than whatever it was in at this point. You're the man now, dog. <laughs> nope. I think that was Bane. I just did Bane instead of Sean Connery. Maybe Bane said it. Maybe that's what I'm remembering. Because that makes you're more sense. You're playing shines. <laughs> You've only adopted the darkness, but you're the man now, dog. <laughs> You know what? It was that was the scene. Okay, makes total sense. Was that sense. the scene? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> Let's Lord. not stand on ceremony, dog. Yeah. Why are you packing the hardware? <laughs> Is this why we're big in Kenya? Do they love <laughs> Bane impressions? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I, I, I hope so. All right. Well, on that note, hopefully next week um, we are broadcasting the show from a 
calmer, more relaxed world, but probably not. But maybe. Yeah. yeah, I can tell you that from now until then, I will keep on self-medicating, America. I will say we didn't get to it, but I did have it noted that scientists discovered a bizarre hell planet where it rains rocks and oceans are made of lava. So, you know, do with that what you will. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we we were just talking about that earlier. That's Philadelphia. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So my bad. <laughs> so remember, question everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh also kenya can i have citizenship yeah oh dude yeah man this could be great for us Like, does Kenya have like we have here with those like genius exceptions? Can we get like a podcast genius exception where they give us citizenship because no oh, one can like, podcast like be- us? <laughs> We're we're so beloved and unique in Kenya. (laughs) Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to The Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, That's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to The Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs>